2: Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. I am Princess Cooper with my co-host, Duck Riley, and we're continuing continuing our celebration of Father's Day, and we got another good one tonight. Let me welcome in Duck. How are you, sir? Doing
3: well, Princess. Hey, was, hey, did we find out that Tim's coming or what? what? What's going on with Tim there?
2: <laughs> Tim is not in the system. I assume he's going to be with us, our other co-host um if you there he is there's tim moore so i were about to yeah. talk about him
3: look i thought he was <laughs> i was trying to make a trade for hopkins oh i'm sorry <laughs>
2: <laughs> Doug, oh, if the jets made a trade for hopkins they're gonna win the super bowl Those they already <laughs> think they are anyway with Aaron Rodgers. if they get hopkins what do yeah, you think you the, tim moore
0: <laughs> the, jets, the jets fans the jets fans need to need to to dial it down a little bit. They they're getting a little ahead of themselves.
3: I mean, they were
0: they were good, but they were they were very young, and
3: they're uh-huh.
0: they weren't they weren't that complete of a ball club just yet. They're on the way, but they're they're not quite. I, I I think there there are at least four teams in the AFC that are uh, that go into the season a little bit better shaped than the Jets. At least four.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. I don't
0: think they're be- I don't think they're better than Buffalo. I don't think they're better than Cincinnati. I don't think they're better than Kansas City. Uh, I'm not sure that they're better than Baltimore with with the healthy Lamont. Lamar,
2: yeah. uh, Lamar yeah. Jackson. Exactly, but the market of New York and New York City has taken this thing and run with it, and it's big as it is. And um, yeah. I, Jets fans have a reason to be excited, though. Can you at least give but, me that one? You have a reason to be excited.
0: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm excited. I'm just not, I'm not just putting them in the Super Bowl just yet, though.
2: <laughs> I completely, I get that. I get that. Well, gentlemen, we're going to start celebrating them. Doug, do you have any comments on that before we, we get started here?
3: I just can't wait to hit, for the season stall so I can hear so I can hear <laughs> Tim.
2: That's
3: all. Hey look, that's that's gonna be my moment. I I can't wait.
2: Duck is either one of two things. They lose and he's quiet. If they win, he's posting the pitch in the jersey. It's oh, funny. Yeah. I, I got my Darrell Rivers jersey at the clean cleaning up. Oh Amen. It's going to be something this year Okay, so tonight we got Chris Milton on We also have Calvin Fowler Um, Derek Britton is going to be on with us And also Wayne Eames. So we're going to get these gentlemen in here And and welcome them to the show And just talk a little bit of Father's Day So Chris Milton here Let me welcome him How you doing Mr. Milton?
1: Good, how are you this afternoon? Evening
2: Doing really good, doing really good Thank you for being on all right. Absolutely. Mr. Fowler, how are you?
1: Uh, good
4: evening.
2: How are you? Doing really good. Thank you for being on. No problem. All right. So we have Mr. Brenton. How are you, sir?
5: I am well, and I hope the same goes for you.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even though I have Duck as a co-host, everything is great <laughs> tonight. until so he mentions West Virginia. And then... <laughs> Hold on right there. Mr. Eans, let me welcome in um Mr Ying, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really good. Thank you all for being on. I'm gonna turn you over to Duck and Tim. You guys have a great show. Duck?
3: Appreciate it. Okay. I uh, first of all I wanna uh a little early happy Father's Day to each one of you guys. Same to you. Thank you,
4: thank you, thank, you,
3: thank you. You thank as well. Okay. I I wanna start off with uh uh Chris Melton. I wanna I wanna to talk to us about a little bit about yourself and then I wanna talk about both of your young men who I think are great young men, so and then we'll we we'll work on uh Carnegie Miller later. But go ahead, uh Chris.
1: <laughs> hey, well, that- what you wanna know, Doug? You gotta you gotta you gotta give me you gotta give me more what you, you know, what specifically you wanna <laughs> A little bit a little bit of your background, Chris,
3: where you come from, how you got involved in sports, that type deal. Oh,
1: okay. Well, what I do now is, um I'm in senior leadership in the hospitality realm. Um I run hotel properties, um, for Hilton and a management company. So, you know, that's all I do is develop teams, which is great because it, it fit into my wheelhouse of coaching, coaching and developing um, teammates and, and, and employees similar to developing athletes. I've always played ball. Um, I played football and basketball. I had an opportunity to play basketball while I spent time in the military as well. Um, but things, just through life decisions and a lack of lack of discipline and focus, I guess you could say, I, I probably didn't take it as further as I I could have if God blessed me, but he did bless me with the knowledge to be able to turn it over to my boys. Um, My oldest son, Kalon, he played football defensive back at Fresno State University. He's since graduated and he's doing really well working in the sales field. Um, He's a logistical sales executive up in Reno, Nevada. And then right now, um, my baby, Kendall. Kendall is um, this year he, he he'll get the nod to be the starting running back at Georgia, um, two time national champion go dogs. So he he'll, he'll get that <laughs> opportunity, man. Um you know, it's just it's just a blessing, man. It's a blessing to to be on this journey, it's a blessing to have my young men and, and and see and see them do exactly what they're doing, man. So I can't complain.
3: Okay. Uh Wade in, same question. Uh, well, I just recently,
6: uh, completed by 2050, well, I just retired from coaching high school football after 25 years um, of playing three uh, sports in high school, um, I, uh, played at the University of Maryland, played football against your beloved Mountaineers, see them twice, thank you very much, and, uh, I got an uh in high school all the way through coaching both of my sons, um, Wade is, uh, Going to uh, just finished his fourth year. Got another year of eligibility left as a running back at Delaware State. Uh, my youngest son Turner just finished his first year as a linebacker at Villanova, and I have another athlete on the way. My my uh, daughter just um, broke her, broke her own school record in a high jump um, just on Saturday at the state championship meeting. She's going to the meet champions champions uh, on Wednesday. So full of, full of sports, my whole family. Okay.
3: Derek Britton. Yes, sir. Well,
5: um, uh, my background um, is just being the kids' coach. I am born and raised in, in the Bronx, New York, and moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina, been here about 30 years. And I guess ever since um, my two boys were young, I've always been the the, ch- the kids' coach from flag football, basketball, golf. Um, T-ball, you name it, Bob Warner, middle school, um, except for middle school and high school football. And now he's a receiver at um, A&T in his second year um, as a a wide and slot receiver there.
3: Okay. Uh, Calvin Fowler.
4: Yeah, I mean I started with sports kinda of naturally before my dad. My dad played uh, was captain of the State of basketball team and played in the ABA and um I got a uh one uh, scholarship to uh, University of Delaware and uh I later transferred to Delaware State and finished my career there. So my son's now a uh, defensive back at um, uh Duquesne University. Um, yeah, and um well my daughter she, she was running track and playing sports, but she got a heart condition, so she had to stop. And uh, my, my youngest was kind of uh, bullied when he was younger by those two, and were such a big athletes, so he just stopped playing. He's he starting late now playing good at track, but <laughs> he's kind of playing So yeah, that's kind of
2: where
4: I'm at. Okay. I, w- I want to say with you.
3: Uh uh follow because i wanna i wanna uh talk to you about watching your son that's in college now when did you recognize that hey he might have the potential to
4: go to the next level go to college well i saw it really actually at a young age for football but um i didn't i had him stop playing he was playing basketball. And I, he, had, he was, he was show glimpses of, of being able to, but I just didn't think he had the size, his 6'2", to play the way I thought he needed to play the, uh, Division I basketball, because uh, I didn't see him at the point guard. just didn't see him. And he was more like a, a shorter 3 to be. But in football, I had to drag him and get him <laughs> to always go, because I mean, he, just felt, he just saw the basketball mean my father, Myself, but I was like, "You're you're born for football." I mean, he was a he's really aggressive at a young age uh, when he played, and then I had him start had him stop playing, so I didn't like the coaching, and I had him playing basketball, and he's always been real aggressive, and um, he just naturally moved, and I and some guy found him uh, from Conwell Egan, and had him play in their kind of a farm system in eighth grade, and he like he's just natural, and I kind of like kept trying to push him, and then. St. Joe's prep uh, uh, took an interest after they saw him, and he started working on taking it more serious with COVID. And I, I thought he had potentially put the work into it. I mean, so he's a, he's a, a late bloomer when it came to football. He's only played uh, high school two years, and with COVID, it kind of messed him up. But, um, I mean, he has really uh, great size for football, his position and speed. And, um, I mean, he put the work in to get the scholarship. And, I mean, if he had his grades better out of high <laughs> school, uh, at the beginning, season, he probably would have get better, but uh, he changed his grade school. I'm proud of him. Okay.
3: Uh, it's uh, Britton. same question.
5: Well, with Derek, um, at a very young age, um, he was just really athletically inclined. Um, and then especially with the throwing and catching aspect when he was, like, three or four years old, he he was throwing and catching anything he can get his hands on. Uh, We do it the basketball route, um, did the football route, and then finally he just said, hey, Dad, I I just want to concentrate on football. That's my passion. Um, And so we uh, went that route, and with his his self-guided work ethic, I didn't have to push him to work out it was I had to push him to stop working out and rest and recuperate but if he wasn't working out he wanted to train he wanted to, to run routes he just wanted to catch and so now he had an and you know just trying and he walked on um, got his spot secured and so now he's um, you know trying to get, his, get a scholarship obtained through them and you know get some time on the field.
3: Okay, but when did you when did you kind of get the feel that hey, you know what? He got he's got that ability to play at the next level.
5: Um just watching him compete um <clears throat> getting feedback from coaches <laughs> But because they always thought he was undersized, Derek got overlooked a lot. But then once he got in front of the coaches and showed his talent, his speed, that's when it kind of all clicked. But I recognized it very early um, coming out of um, flag football and Pop Warner football. He was like always the, the the kid that can always make all the catches, you know, when the game was on the line and get it to him and he would make get, make the catch. And and get the victory, or you know, get the yardage, or whatever.
3: Okay, all right, uh, Chris. What about you, Chris? With Ken?
1: So my mine is a little different. Um, through through, while well, while he played Pop Warner, I I coached him. You know, from the time he first put on pads to the time he went to high school, and you know, it, it's. I always knew that he could, like, our thing was, I won't say that I knew. Like, I know he can play college ball. Our thing was, I just want to get him in a position where he can, where he can get the opportunity, right? I don't think, and, and, and this, is, this is the complete gosh to honest truth, I didn't truly, truly realize that Kendall could play college football until week two his freshman year against Auburn. That's when I realized, because even even though now, even Kendall was a five-star, like top two in the nation coming out of high school, when I sat down with Kirby Smart and Dale McGee for our home visit, I literally at dinner said, you know, let me ask you guys a question. Like, like, you guys honestly feel like Kendall can play this game? Like, you really feel like he can go down there and play in the SEC? And they actually laughed at me. And they said, you have no clue. You literally have no clue. So when Kendall left, I was nervous because you only see what you see, right? You, yeah, he did good in junior high. Yes, he did good in high school, but it's levels to this. So, again, it wasn't until his true freshman year, week two against Auburn, where he ran through those boys. And I was like, wow, okay, he he, he really can do this. So, for me, it wasn't until he got there and I actually saw him put in the work. Wow. Okay. Hey, Chris. Uh, <laughs> How about you, Wade? You got two of them there. You
3: got two in college right now.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's hard
6: to say because you know just like everybody else, you you the athleticism, but they they had as young kids uh, playing and midgets and, and and all the sports and activities they, they did on through elementary and middle school. Um, but then, you know, I saw them compete in in both varsity as freshmen uh, on on teams that uh, were in the state championship finals. Um, both of them as freshmen, and so I started getting the idea of you okay, know, it depends on their size and and how they develop. You know, we may have something. And as 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 as, as they grew and and the accolades came from you know from the end of the season from each year, like well, you know, they're starting to get noticed. So it's, it's it really didn't click hard until really like the sophomore year where they started we started or we started seeing it. Like you know, it's it, it, it's coming to a head, and then. No, they just had really, 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 really good careers after that, uh, junior and senior years, um, setting the school records and and winning championships of that nature. So, really not until, like, truly sophomore year where where their size kind of started to match up to to where I thought they might be able to play, and um, then their their skills took over from there.
3: Okay. I want to stay with you because for a lot of the listeners and some of the kids that are listening, everybody's always wonder about the freshman year, you know, the freshman year of the parents, the freshman year of the young man that's away to college. Kind of take us through that.
6: Oh, man, it's it's, it's a tough process kind of because, you know, my wife describes it as when we first dropped off race, she she thought that Delaware State stole her son. You know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like a little different than when I was in college uh they make it more independent so i like, think the the coaches have a meeting for for the, for the parents when you drop them off so they can do their meetings and look at their physical and and all that kind of stuff that they have to do uh getting prepared is like they're trying to break it like you know like a clean break like rip the bandaid off don't have a long talk with them don't take them out to eat just hey all right you're here here's your dorm drop them off and you got to go so we were really it was a, a fast process so we can start the they can start the process of of their own journey so that was a, a good description. Like he was stolen. So when we three years later, when we went for, for Turner, we kind of knew what to expect. And that was kind of rushed because uh, he was he had to report so early. It was like the fourth of July, but first, right after the fourth of July. And we had literally just got home from vacation. We went uh, on a cruise or as a family, and the very next morning we dropped him off. So like we did, we didn't even get a chance to unpack. We just we already had his stuff packed for college before we left for the cruise, and we just switched bags and just took him there. So. It's a it's a kind of a fast process now. Faster than it was before, so you don't linger because you know you miss them. But you know they're in a good place and where they need to be.
3: Okay, uh, Chris.
1: So with with us, um, I don't know when 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 you guys as fellas came out. Kendall's class of 2020, but he actually graduated December of 19. So he left early. So he left in um, January as a 17-year-old freshman, leaving California, and headed down to Athens, Georgia. So, you know, it, for us, um, you know, we've traveled a lot with our kids, and they've had passports early on, man. So, for us, it we we of course we were going to miss them, and that sort of a thing. But we we're really excited about him actually kind of getting away. But his freshman year was a little different for us because when he decided to come home for spring break, he didn't go back to Georgia because COVID hit. With a span, basically, from March until middle of June with him, the time he went back, it went right into the season. So you really don't have too much to think about other than the season at that point. So, um, yes, yeah, so his freshman year, it was, it, it, was, it was definitely a good experience, though. It was an experience um, – just I think for all of us, the way it happens with him having to come back, stay home a little bit, and that sort of a thing. So it was it was a little different than what probably the traditional experience would be like.
4: Okay. Uh, Calvin. Uh, yeah, I mean, freshman year for uh, Trey was um, – I, I kind of uh, leaned on – and like the other gentleman said, I mean, he's been used to traveling with uh, the bass over at A. U. <laughs> Uh, when he played at St. Bill's Preco then when he moved down to Florida, a lot of things that they did with him in track and other sports. So he's been used to being away from from uh, me and his, uh, his mother and siblings. But the big thing in freshman year is I wanted to get to the. I probably did the worst. Everything wrong you could do in freshman year, I did. So I got <laughs> to get him to understand it's a process, you know, uh, high school's gone, so he's not the big person on campus. Uh, you know, there's there's different. Every coach is different. Um, you, you, and some things you have to walk before you can run. And there's things that you don't see right now that you're gonna see after your first year. You're like, oh, that's what sweet, and it's gonna to come to you, and you're gonna you're gonna be better from it. I think he he learned that. Um, he got hurt when he first got there, and that kind of put him down the depth chart. And that kind of pissed him off. Just once the season got started, became you know they they wanted to start uh, registering because he got there late. He didn't uh, get to learn the plays, and that was like, in his mind, you know, he should have been playing based on what he's doing. But you know, everybody has a different plan. You got to go by what the head coach's plan is. Um, but you know, just like all young people, um, they need a, a person to balance their emotions and. And get them to understand you have to walk before you can run and uh, I think he 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 learned that and he's been better for it. Um but uh like I said I I, I was I didn't handle my freshman year right, so I wanna make sure he didn't do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh there
5: Well, um, for Derek too, his freshman year was atypical for a student athlete, um, uh, because he didn't receive any scholarship offers um due to COVID. Um, so he was he walked on as um in the January for A and T. So his initial freshman year, um, he got to live it as a normal college student. Uh, without a lot of the restrictions that the student athletes have. But dropping him off, we were very excited because uh, we both knew um, all of the opportunities and and fun that he was going to have and the challenges as well. But also just, you know, we wanted to just make sure that if he really wanted to pursue the football that he needed to stay focused and that he couldn't get caught up in the, the regular normal student athlete, um, student life. Um, but he had to remain, maintain that discipline of working out, keeping the shape, eating well, and uh, working out, which he did and walked on the team without any problems.
3: Okay, I want to stay with you because we, we're talking about adjustments and, uh, and I'm sure everybody down here knows now that, Your time is not your time. So, you Mm -hmm. know, it's business. So how was that adjustment period from high school to college, especially academically? Um, For him, time
5: management was definitely a struggle. Um, That and then also um, the, the times of the classes, he struggled with that, with a few, you know, getting up without, you know, someone Waking you up to get to class um but his his main thing uh, was the time management aspect um to get in the study and get it get the time in to rest, get the time in the train, and then also do do the other things um and so um academically he did well very well um his freshman year he made dean's list um but you know he you know he he made sure that he took advantage of, of some of the opportunities that, that they provided to him for tutoring and, and, and study groups. So that kept, helped him maintain his um, good GPA because he also knew that he had to have a good GPA in order to walk on. So that kept him focused um, as well.
3: Okay. I want to jump to you, Wade, because, you know, with two young men and it, it, all the time Your time is not your time It's, it's all about the business So coming from making an adjustment From high school to college academically uh, We learned stuff,
6: Something as a, as as parents um, With Wade the first time um, He had a, an adjustment uh, You know the, the, It's always an adjustment when you're going as a freshman After being you know The man as, as a senior in high school To now you're a freshman Have to have to Proved himself all over again in college with with these guys, who are bigger, stronger, faster, and older. Um, he suffered an injury and and had to have shoulder surgery. Like the first game he got in, like the, literally the fourth play that he was in in college, he he, uh, uh, he tore his labrum in the shoulder and had surgery. Um, we learned as you know, as parents, like uh, in terms of academically, the tech the call the call of the check in is not always enough. Um, mental. Um, the, the, the mental aspect of it and, and mental health is, is very important. And we, we, you know, we we learned that we 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 kids can get you know not only lonely and homesick, but they can become depressed from a number of different reasons. Uh, things are going on in college, and I'm, I'm not really sure if he was clinically depressed, but you know, you know he there were some things that, that we needed to work through, and uh, you know, it caused a struggle for him. So we learned as parents, you know, to to be there more and, and really check up on them. More often than you know, we want to give them their independence and freedom, but you know, mental health is very important. So that aspect of it uh, was was a struggle for him his uh, grades that uh, after having surgery. But then once he got through that process, he did very well. Then uh, the, the the next year, so when we sent Turner off, you know, we, we we would make make sure like he also went in with surgery. Turner had he hurt his ACL and had that surgery uh, his senior year in high school. So he actually went into college. Um, Coming off of ACL surgery, so he knew he wasn't going to play. He was medically registered, so we made sure we checked on him more uh, to keep him more stable. Um, but it was there was an adjustment for for him also. He just did he worked through it and did very well uh, academically. He was uh, on the, um, the athletic directors' um, it's, like their, it's like their dean's list for what he had for his first two semesters. So it wasn't it was a definite adjustment and each. Both our kids were different, but, I mean, it was still we learned as parents how to how to, to, to work through that and check on them even more often.
3: Okay. Same question, uh, Calvin. Same question.
4: Yeah, I mean, I could agree with all the gentlemen there, I mean, and that's something that I probably miss is you have to check on their mental health because they don't realize um, playing sports in college is a job, and it can provide a lot of anxiety, a lot of loneliness, and there's a lot of work to do when you're, you're not a regular student. So,
1: um,
4: and Trey found that out pretty early, um, you know, in football, they have so many kids, and, and you know, a lot of kids aren't all full scholarships. So they, and it's a cool game. Man. You're not doing your schoolwork. They don't think you're going to be there. They'll, they'll try to get you out. That's just a harsh reality. Um, so, luckily, he really um, met the challenge and, made the honor first semester he made the jeans list second i was very surprised it was true i mean i'm the employee he never was really into doing school he could do it but he, he if there wasn't a reason to do it he wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't put as much energy as he should have been to it. but um yeah but the, the whole process of uh um, you know like he said uh your mental health checking on you know giving them their individual freedom but also checking on them uh and like i i try to always relate to what I did, so he could understand it too. As far as um, you know, you, you, it, you're going to go through the environment, and um, I mean, football is a, is a great sport because it's a teams, a real team sport, and unlike basketball, where it's kind of individual at times. But it's also very competitive, and it's also can bring a lot of anxiety. that I, that I as a kid, did not understand what anxiety is. So, um, but I mean, he's he's met like the challenge, but like I said, it's, it's definitely. Um, a lot, a lot. You have to go through from being that person in high school to now uh, being one of many and fighting your way through not only through their uh, football but also through doing real schoolwork and how much time it takes to do that schoolwork.
3: Okay, uh, Chris. Same question, Chris. You know that adjustment coming from especially the the West Coast to the East
1: Coast or uh, down south, rather. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. The, the biggest adjustment wasn't for Kendall. The biggest adjustment was for us because it, I think it goes back to what the guy said before about the mental health aspect, you know, especially for those of us that have coached our kids, have have been there for the boys and, you know, share that, share the, just the experience with them. When you're across country, you know, when you talk to them, it's like, Hey man, how was practice? How did this go? How did that go? How did this go? How did that go? And I have to realize, that when he gets on the phone with the house, the last thing that he want to talk about is football because he got everybody in his face talking football from the time he get up to the time he goes to sleep. So what it taught me was it taught me how to actually just be a dad now and just just be there for him and kind of be his escape from from that world. Um, In regards to the academic side, you know, one thing that I'll say is Georgia – they just – in order to fail, you have to intentionally go out of your way and make a decision that you don't want to be successful. All of the tools, all of the resources are literally there. Um, whatever you need, whenever you need it, it's there for you. So, again, the, I think the biggest adjustment was us, you know, with us trying to realizing what type of parenting he needs at this point of his life on this journey. Okay, staying
3: right with you before I bring Tim in. We we talked about you know it's Father's Day and stuff. What are you most proud of?
1: Was that to me? Yes. Oh, the the honestly, the thing that I am most proud of is the fact I feel like I won. I I just get two young black men to college. My oldest has his degree. Kendall will have his degree. And, you know, they they didn't just walk through. Like I said, you know, Kendall was on the dean's list. He's been on the honor roll every semester, all SEC honor roll and all of that. So, I mean, they've really gone through, planted their flag, and championed this whole education thing. So I'm most proud of the fact that, you know, we won. I got got two black boys with that have degrees. So that's what I'm proud of. Okay. uh, Jerry Britton. For me, um, with Derek, um, two things.
5: Uh, one, that he never got discouraged. Um, his path to college football was filled with adversity at every end, but he never, never let it discourage him. He never said, you know what, Dad, forget it. Um, he's always said, you know, okay, well, you know, what is it that I got to do next? And, and he went and did it. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, in school, handling his business um, I don't have to really get on him about about his grades you know he'll come to me and say hey you know he's having problems in this math class and we'll talk about some of the challenges he has and gives them suggestions to to rectify remediate those those concerns and those issues and he goes about and gets it done and reports back you know sometimes we'll have to go in and, and, and fill in in the background But for the most part, you know, he's handling his business. Like the other gentleman said, you know, he's going to have a college degree at the end of it, which is the most important part. And when he was thinking about schools and we were looking at all the adversity, you know, we told him, hey, Derek, look, the college football, the football is not going to change your life. It's the college degree that's going to change your life. So leaving football out of the equation find a school that you would be happy to attend for four years, regardless if you play football or not. And he chose A&T, and he's sticking to the program. Great school, um, great resources. And just like the other gentleman also said, um, if you fail out of at, A&T, it's because you just didn't try, because they give you everything you need to succeed and then some. I wish I had some of those um, at Northeastern where I attended. Um, I probably would have had a higher GPA um if I did. But well but um but needless to say, you know, um he's handling the, the most important part of attending college is getting good grades and getting that degree. And so um those are the things that are impressed about
3: him. Okay. I right, uh, Calvin, what are you most
4: proud of? Um for me, I'm just proud of Trey's growth. To me, getting a college degree, I mean, my dad played ball, I played ball, and we all finished. So I expect you to get to, get to the degree. You're there, you're going to finish. But um, the fact that he's actually taking a schoolwork serious, as much as he, he really is a football board or anything, but uh, as much as he takes the sports um, serious, uh, he's taking his academics serious. And for him to make the change from – Florida to being back in the Northeast, which is a change for him because of the weather um, <laughs> and there's so much things around there. Um, I'm, I'm just proud that he is. Um, he, he worked hard to get this scholarship, and, and he continues to work hard on his on his craft and at school. So I'm, I'm surprised and kind of a little surprised in some ways. I mean, I knew he had it in him, but he's got a lot more mature. He's actually a thrown a, to a man, which is, I like to see. The fact that, again, he's not on any drugs, he's got no criminal record. In the state of time in America, I, 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 I can't, anything, I, I'm happy with just those results right there. Anything else we could do after that, it'll be a cherry on top, but I'm, I'm happy with his past. Okay. Uh, how about you, Wade?
3: Um, I'm proud of the, of the, the way that,
6: both of my, well, all my kids are turning out in terms of, you know, one, academically, Wade's going to be graduating uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in December. Turner's going to be in the engineering program this, this semester coming up. Uh, but I'm proud, most proud of the way they support each other. You know, last year we had an opportunity of both playing, we both in college, and um, Turner was able to go to one of Wade's games. This year Wade's going to go to one. They have, their bye weeks are, are opposite of each other, so they're going to go, go to each other's games when they're on a bye. Uh, and they were both home this weekend. As I just mentioned earlier, that my daughter um, set up the school record in the high jump, they were both at the state meet, an hour and a half away from home, to support their little sister, who's on the team that they're on, just in a different sport. So, you know, they support each other, and they're, and they're you know, they're, they're doing things, the, you know, the right way in terms of getting ready to graduate and and getting there for each other. So, I'm proud of all three of them for that.
3: Okay, uh, Tim.
0: Yeah, I uh I just want to congratulate all all of these brothers for uh you know creating the environments that uh young men can thrive and uh pursue their dreams in in college sports. Um it, it's uh it it's laudable uh, because a lot of kids uh don't have the situation that that you all have with a two-parent home where you can um can tag team in terms of dealing with the kids, but i want to um, I want to focus a little bit on um, you know as we start to talk a little bit leading in the father 's day about um, that dynamic. Um, I guess it's sometimes said that in those kinds of situations, mothers tend to love their sons, whereas the father has to raise their son uh, in many situations and um, I'm wondering the dynamic between I think I heard Calvin say uh, that his wife felt like Delaware had stolen her son uh okay. how do you how do you as a father wait wait, wait. wait. okay yeah Yo, okay well wait uh tell me how how you as a father um, uh play a different kind of role in terms of keeping your son your son's motivated uh in uh, in pursuing their dreams uh than than say their mother does. Um, she's she's more the emotional
6: rock uh, in terms of whatever they need that uh to, to, to for to lean on to listen to that's not football related, uh could be academic, could be like I said, social emotional. Um, I'm I'm more of the, the nuts and bolts guys because, you know, they they play they know that I played college football, they know I I've been in their position, so when I talk to them, you know, other than checking on them their, their academics and what what's going on in their life, you know, they, you know, I can go through things with them more of the day to day of what they what they're going through because I went through the same thing, um, and that's, that's the same. You know, looking they'll send me clips of practice of what they did, and we can go over what, you know, what was going on, and, and I can understand that. So our roles are a little bit different. Like mom is more uh, involved with everything, and I, I kind mm-hmm. of clean and, and 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 do the sports aspect of it a little bit more in depth. Okay,
0: uh, Derek. Derek, same question. Uh, I know you all—all all four of you play play ball, and uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about the the difference in your role in in, in uh, dealing with your son and keeping him motivated and, and keeping him uh, focused, uh, as opposed to what your wife may do. Uh
5: oh, well, I, I didn't I didn't play college um, ball. Um, I just um, played in high school um I, my 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 thing was more martial arts at that level um so I kind of poured myself in that, but for me, for keeping derek um i would say motivated um me and my wife, we tagged him, and our thing was just making sure that he stayed positive, made sure that he didn't he understood that there were other things and other opportunities out there outside of football so you know, the the lifestyle that he wants to live to look at other opportunities um, that can prepare him for the future that he wants. So we didn't allow him to get pigeonholed um, in in his thought process or, you know, the way he conducted himself. So for us, we just wanted to make sure that Derek was well-rounded and then Mm -hmm. had uh, had a good sense of self. Um, so that he could be able, he could adapt and, to any situation and not let the situation overwhelm him. So okay. I think we both tag teamed on that on that aspect.
0: Okay, uh, Calvin, you you had, had a little special situation. I, I was reading that your son is from Parkland, Florida, and attended Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, which many yeah. of us know uh, dealt with a very severe. Um, situation just a few years ago That made the national news with the shooting There at the school um, How during that Difficult time and preparing him To continue with his dream uh, Did you uh, Did you uh, Keep him motivated And secondly uh, the distinction Between your, your uh, his mother's role And yours
4: Well um, Trey first started out as St. Joseph's President in Philadelphia and his mom and I are divorced, but, I mean, we're, we still co-parent together. We are still stay so close. I, um, during COVID, made a decision to go to Florida just because a friend of mine who had been uh, key to uh he was a DB coach at St. Joe's, played with the Eagles for a while. He said, you I know, I, I had, I mean, I worked for myself. When I had a chance to actually uh go to Florida because there was, everything was stopped up here. And I knew he had to keep getting better. And I knew he needed to get against better competition at the position he plays versus, in the Northeast, it's more of a running game, where down south, it's uh, great athletes and great wide receivers and DVs, especially and, and, uh, in Florida. Right. So I wanted to see uh, the challenge of if you're any good, you have to be able to stand-up there. So when he got there with the Parkland situation, yeah, it, it still affects the school. Um, it still, um, it just has still have a cloud when he did get there, but it also brought the uh, kids together in a, in a lot of different ways. So when he was there, um, and he wanted to, uh, uh, being new, he had to prove himself not only I mean in Florida, not only with the school but the surrounding areas because. In that state, um, it's sports all day. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're really big out into it, especially uh, football. So he was able to get a camaraderie with a lot of different folks from a lot of different schools, top top athletes, top uh, ex-players, um, and, and and really, um, you know, embrace himself into not only the sports culture down there, but also into uh, just like you saw about Parkland and what they do, understanding life and how short it can be and taking, not taking anything for granted. I mean, that's what yeah. kind of really taught him being at Parkland that something could happen any time. So his, it became every hour became precious. So <laughs> when guys there practice at least four or six hours a day and lift, that became like a normal thing because the clock was running, as he said. So, you know, i I'm kind of different where I came from, a sports family. We were really into sports. And even though my dad, I mean, because my dad played, he didn't make any money playing in the ABA. So he always was like, well, you got to get your education, and I don't want these guys aren't making any money. But then the TV game, he's like, you know, I should have pushed you on board. Do more. <laughs> but So I always had the balance that, you know, in sports, to me, when you play and you're real competitive, I would say, hey, you know you have to do your education, but you want to keep the dream alive to make it easier to deal with what you have to deal with on a daily basis with sports. Because if you don't have a dream or what you want to get out of it, whatever it might be, it becomes uh, a monotonous, and you don't have – you're never going to be a regular student. So to, to break that, you got to have, what's the goal? What do I want to get out of it? It could be school. Whatever it might be, you know, school is going to be always a given to me. That's a given. You've got to get your degree. But look at other things. Uh, make it so you enjoy it and you keep enjoying it. Because, I mean, he really enjoys it. He wants to always get better in it. And, you know, yeah, I know you have a different career you want to get out of it, but you also can look into maybe a uh, culture where you get out, something that you love it so much that. So, you know, leave all opportunities open. That's something I didn't do. So, um you know, uh, I think being in that Parkland situation taught him to network, meet people, take advantage of life, and uh, enjoy every day. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. And I think his mom is uh, happy with that and how he turned out. So, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did, did you did you notice a big change? Did you notice a big
0: change in his maturity having having been exposed to that that Parkland uh, Marjorie Stoneman uh, Douglas uh, environment? During that year,
4: oh yeah, I mean definitely because um, um, being in Parkland is and the kids they have. You have know, kids from all different facets of life, from being very rich to some people are really really struggling. But mm-hmm. um, you know they all have a goal. I mean down there, like everyone in that school is trying to go to college. So that that being reinforced really helping that you know this is what people are talking about. It really. Helped him in his maturity, and you know, taking things and more things serious about life, but also being open to uh, different different things and, and different perspective of things. Um, I think <laughs> sometimes, as um, especially as me, you grow up, you don't always see other people's perspective until later on in life. Uh, to learn that early on and, and how to take advantage of that and meeting new people. Uh, I think that really uh, helped with his maturity, to understand people's different situations, and show how blessed he is um, to um, do some of the things that I've given the opportunity to do. First, um, especially when I was with my my dad went through a layoff, and um, <laughs> it was rough at times. So uh, he he understands the um, blessings, and I know all you you parents have done that as far as you know, giving your kids the opportunity and, you know, letting them get the most of or whatever they want to do. Some people just don't have that. I think he uh, really uh, appreciates that now more than probably he did before. Okay. Okay,
0: Chris, uh, um, you, you got Kendall and you had your oldest son. Uh, I, I don't know if, if your oldest son went to school. Well, you said Fresno State. So he stayed, uh, he stayed close to home, whereas uh, Kendall's gone uh, all the way across the country, and I heard you say that. You know you probably had more difficulty adjusting to him being away than than he did uh, being down there in, in uh, uh, the uh, you know outskirts of Atlanta uh, out of college park but um, talk to me a little bit about uh you know the 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 effect that it had on you and your wife and the different roles that that you all took in uh, in dealing with that and keeping it motivated we lose Chris?
2: No, sir. He's still with us. I don't know.
0: Maybe he's on mute. Um,
2: Mr. Milton. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, he just dropped. He's coming back. Obviously, he couldn't. Okay. There was there was there was a a problem there.
0: Okay. Okay. No no problem. But I, I was just, uh, I was just really uh, interested in in hearing his comment that uh, you know he he and his he, he and his, uh, Kendall's mother uh, had as much difficulty uh, adjusting to the uh, the change of venue uh, as Kendall did, and um, yeah, uh, just curious to hear uh, how they uh, how they navigated that.
2: Yeah, we're waiting for him to get back in there. I like what he said, uh-huh. um, Tim Moore, and that is that um, the adjustment was more on our end. Then on yep. his in that you know he the last thing he wanted to do was talk about football and they had to adjust their conversation and and, and questions. Um, it doesn't look like well, he's going to get back into the well, system. Well, Go ahead.
3: Well, well Tim, uh, my my thing was I thought he was more talking about how they beat Florida <laughs> year in and year out. I, 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 that's just me. I maybe I misread maybe I misread what he was saying. I, I'm, I'm just saying.
2: Uh, something about Tim, 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 I am turning his mic off, and you treading pretty lightly there too, sir. <laughs> He's already said go dogs, and so <laughs>
0: okay, duck, duck.
2: I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you
0: take it until uh, Kendall comes back in. We can roll back around to that.
3: <laughs> I mean until Christmas. Uh, just... All right. Uh, I, I want to come back to you, Wade. Wade, if there was anything that you could possibly change during the recruiting period, what would it be uh, recruiting it changed quite a bit uh over the years
6: from uh between my sons that three years apart so um just uh you know my my younger son he had to battle through that COVID year which was his junior year, so uh that was tough. You know, you couldn't do the, the, some of the things that that I did with my older son. You know, with going to college camps and uh, trying to get them seen uh, physically. You know, that was more of uh, being more on social media. So I think I, I think with my older son we started doing it, and I we, I got into it more with my younger son, but just pushing more um, of their of their highlights and things on social media earlier to try and get in contact or try and uh, have coaches follow. I mean, I, I would have probably should have did that a little bit earlier but I got better at it with my second mm-hmm. son, uh, out of necessity because of mainly because of COVID, but um I think starting there would be a a a good point.
3: Okay. Uh Callen, is is there anything that you would change with the recruiting period?
4: Well I would have uh understood the transfer portal impact a little bit better
1: <laughs> and um
4: <laughs> you know in a in a COVID year kinda of was a down year. But uh, Uh, You know, at the beginning, um, you know, teams are looking to find you uh, now because of portal.
1: If they're on you early,
4: you should you should really be in contact with them. And Trey made that mistake. He's ego kind of way. When coaches would reach out to him, he was like, "Uh, I'm gonna wait, and he wouldn't follow up, like thinking it's gonna be forever. No, you've gotta (laughs) make a decision and 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 show interest early. No one's gonna be coming looking for you. So uh, I would have did a better job of uh, like you said, Ralph. uh, making it more aware of contacting schools that are interested early. And um if there was something we could have did that COVID year, that would have really helped them too. But um uh, yeah things happen.
3: Okay, Derek, how about you Derek? Did we lose Derek? Are you on mute? Oh no, I was
5: on mute. I apologize. Okay. Um for me I think access to the coaches could be improved. Um Derek came in through the COVID year, so he wasn't able to get to the camps so that they could see him physically. Um, So we just did a lot of running around trying to get his um, film and highlights to various coaches and, you know, with the anticipation that they would take the time to look at his film and, and, you know, give him an opportunity um, sight unseen. So I think for us, you know, having um, better or direct access to the coaches could be improved. Okay. Or whoever the the recruiting coordinator, not necessarily coach, but the recruiters, the recruiting team members, coaching staff.
3: Okay. Uh, uh, Chris, do we have you back?
2: No, Chris does not come back into the system.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Sorry we're going to miss out on it, but uh, Princess, turning it over Tim, to you.
2: Thank you. Tim, thank you for taking the time to be with us. This has been awesome. I I love to hear these stories, and I think it was Tim and Doug both that said, thank you for creating an atmosphere where your children can learn and, and, and prosper and, and have success um, on the field and in the classroom. Um, so, Mr. Fowler, Mr. Inge, and also Mr. Britton, we appreciate it. And a shout-out to Chris Milton, who had to get off early. You all have a great Sunday. Let's
1: go, um, and
2: happy Let's th- go, down. And happy Father's Day. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Princess. Th- thank I appreciate you. it. Thank it was a pleasure. You. Well, thank you. I'm not going to say that West Virginia is not going to win a game this year, but we're going to oh. just let Duck have oh. it um, for sure. <laughs> you guys have a great week, though. Have a great week. All
0: right. Too. You do the same. Take
2: care, Princess. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Duck and Tim, I'll see you tomorrow. It's Happening in Sports. This is Princess Cooper with Tim Moore and David Riley. Um, we're going to get out of here. Never had it so good.